When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Prescott, on time, launching one, a whole passel of guys in the end zone. It's going to be intercepted to end the game. J-Rod Curse puts an exclamation point on a big Minnesota road win. New Detroit Lion J-Rod Curse there, which, you know, Vikings fan mentality always goes this way. That the first comment in my Twitter was, can't wait for his pick six next year against the Vikings or two. Home and uh, away. Uh, now we bring into the show here Purple Daily, Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin, a right-handed pitcher and senior analyst for Pro Football Focus, Steve Palazzolo. What's up, Steve? Hey, how we doing? I appreciate the right-handed pitcher uh, you know, on the intro. That's great. Well, you know, I mean, uh, minor league pitcher. I used to do minor league play-by-play, and I have a great deal of respect for anybody who went through that grind because I don't think people <laughs> yeah. realize, A, how good the talent is that, that even doesn't make it to the major leagues, and also um, the food that minor leaguers are forced to eat. Were you uh, <laughs> just a, a big PB&J guy? Oh, man, you eat 144 peanut butter sandwiches in 150 days. So, yeah, I didn't get back to eating until eating until about two days ago or two years ago. Yeah, so you are well prepared for whatever is to come for us for uh, coronavirus. Because if you could go through that, you could go through anything. <laughs> yes. Um, Minor league baseball prepared us. Yep. <laughs> yes, exactly. I saw just to, to get completely off uh, on this. Uh, I saw a minor leaguer tweet like, "If you can bring, you know, just gift cards for some of the players to like Starbucks or something, they would be uh, your biggest fan or whatever." Um, you know, because baseball just refuses to pay minor leaguers. But anyway, that's for yeah. another conversation. So um, let's talk about Todd Gurley and running back contracts. Courtney Cronin and I both feel like the Vikings paying Delvin Cook feels inevitable, but they would really have to be social distancing to not notice what's happened just this offseason with running backs. So is it just flat across the board? Do not pay them in your mind. Don't do it. Don't ever do it. There's no exceptions. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it pretty much is. I mean, there's other guys at PFF that are like, really, don't ever do it. I'm of the mind that if you get an Austin Eckler type of contract, which is still pretty reasonable for a guy that at least wins in the right areas, right? He, you know, he's really good in space. You can line him up at wide receiver and have him run uh, wide receiver type routes. So if you get a really cheap Austin Eckler type of deal, I'm okay with it. But any of these Todd Gurley, 
Zeke Elliott, you know, type of deals, Le'Veon Bell. There's not, there's no history of any of these things working out, you know, so I, I just think, I think the NFL is catching on, but most of the NFL is catching on. There's still a few teams maybe lagging behind. Steve, I want to jump back further. Like the resurgence that we saw, what was it starting in 2018? David Johnson gets his extension. Todd Gurley gets his extension. And then that set up, obviously, where we saw Le'Veon Bell go last year and the type of deal that he got with the Jets and Zeke Elliott. Why was there the belief in your pers- from your perspective that the resurgence of these contracts, it was the right time? to be paying running backs when the league had been trending away from that. And all of a sudden, then we see these contracts pop up. Like what was, what were these teams expecting? I, I think there was like some false equivalence going on. I, I think, you know, over a couple year period, you saw Zeke Elliott get drafted fourth overall and the Cowboys go to the playoffs with mostly because of Dak and, you know, his emergence in the past game, but that's what happened. Right. And then you see the 2017 Jaguars, they draft Leonard Fournette fourth overall and they go to the AFC championship. I think there was a lot of false equivalence going on. And then, you know, as a college football fan a few years ago, the Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook class and all of these running backs that have come out, it, it was like the, it was essentially going to be the year of the running back when all of those guys were coming into the, uh, into the NFL. It, it felt like a resurgence because there was so much talent, I think, at the running back position uh, over the last couple of years. And then the disconnect is the talent doesn't necessarily lead to production. That's this whole concept of, running back should never get paid. It's that their production is so dependent on four to five things, you know, besides their talent. But, you know, I think teams got caught up in, in you know, the talented players and, and overpaid for a couple of years. Well, and there's no question on Delvin Cook's side that he is outrageously talented um, now. But I, I wonder how much it does help a quarterback to have a really, really good running back because you mentioned Dak Prescott when they go 13-3. and three, um, Zeke Elliott is obviously a great player, and it's easy to connect those two and say, well, he had a running game, so that made life easier on him. And if you watch Vikings games back, you do see teams like Philadelphia had three linebackers in the whole game, which you know that they didn't want to do, but you know they're going against the bigger personnel, and they're charging at Delvin Cook and leaving wide open space for Kirk Cousins to throw the ball. So on tape, it would seem that they were putting a lot of focus on Delvin Cook. But what do the numbers say about how much a great running back can impact a quarterback? Yeah, so I think there's there might be a transitional period. Let me get, I'll get to that in a second. Look, overall, the numbers say it doesn't matter who's back there. It doesn't matter uh, how often you run the ball, how, how often you set up play action. It's always pretty much going to work. But I do, I talk to a lot of people around the league, and I do know there are a lot of systems so dependent on calling the right play at the right time, which means you have to make sure that the defense is in the look that you want them to be in. And that's, you know, how the Rams are working. That's how the 49ers are working. The the Vikings have elements of that, right? And so you have to have some semblance of a running threat. And so you don't, and I think teams are scared of getting so one dimensional that they lose that, right? That they lose the ability to predict what the defense is going to do. So, from that perspective, there's something to it. And then the other perspective, I think there will be this transitional time where as long as the defense is still thinking that Dalvin Cook is more you know, important to stop or thinks that Zeke Elliott is important to stop, then you can dictate their actions by putting him back there. So um, even though you know on a spreadsheet the running back doesn't matter at all, as long as the NFL and defenses are accounting for the running back differently, there is probably a little bit of value there, but it's also probably negligible compared to the price you would have to pay to keep one of those guys around. 
So the last two days we saw two Vikings cornerbacks depart in free agency and end up on the same team. Cincinnati Bengals certainly have money to blow, and that's what they are doing. They signed Trey Waynes to a very, very lucrative deal, and they got Mackenzie Alexander on the cheap. Um, I I was curious about this because I honestly don't know the answer to this. Since Paul Gunther left, uh, he's with the Raiders now. You can't say, well, they went there, the Bengals are the right fit because they'd be in the exact same defense that they play here in Minnesota. But are there shades of Zimmer's defense? Like, why, why was why is this the right fit for both of those guys who have been under Mike Zimmer their entire career? Like, are they going to be in a similar type system, even though it's a new staff in Cincinnati? I think it's probably less about the system and more about the, the people making decisions from Mike Brown all the way down. You know, you're looking at... Uh, you know, this familiarity with Zimmer within the organization, familiarity with how he coaches players, the types of players that he likes. It's kind of like this old adage I learned about um, uh, Chipotle a couple of years ago. It was, if you ever wanted to start a Chipotle, if you ever wanted to franchise, find a Starbucks because they do their research based off of where Starbucks is because they think they have the same customer base. So I think there's <laughs> elements of that to – I know that Mike Zimmer coaches this good, hard-nosed football player, whatever it is that I like. Therefore, uh, you know, he's good enough for us with the Bengals. I think it's more about that and less about the, the scheme fit, exactly. Talking with Steve Palazzolo from uh, Pro Football Focus, their senior analyst, also does a great PFF NFL show podcast with Sam Monson. Um, so, all right, let's talk about this secondary a little bit more for the Vikings. So they, they lose Alexander, which is a big loss and a great signing, I think, for the Bengals in terms of bang for your buck. And uh, the Vikings have basically no defensive players, and especially in the secondary, if they're forced to trade Anthony Harris because of his salary cap hit, how how hard in your mind, Steve, would that be able to replace um, quickly? And then if they took a long-term view, how much different might it work out for them? So if they try to sign free agents on the cheap versus drafting them and developing them? I mean, it definitely feels like they're in draft and development mode. I know uh, my friend Dr. Eric Eager would not be a big fan of the Anthony Harris trade. I think it's it's tough to handle that many losses you know all at once right so uh waynes wasn't great but he was still you know one of their better guys out there mackenzie alexander as you said good valuable player uh anthony harris has been sensational at safety so uh losing him as well would be an issue and i, I you know the the, the stefan diggs trade opening up that extra first round pick and everything it, it almost forces their hands to draft multiple corners i think that's going to be uh, the way that they go, and I think it's going to be this, you know, maybe we get worse before we get better uh, type of mentality. But it did feel like that was almost inevitable for the Vikings. And so I think the longer-term build is the way to go. But I also think that Anthony Harris uh, makes sense to kind of be a part of that too. So a little combination of drafting and, you know, trying to find those bargain-free agents with whatever's left. Well, the, the perception out there, Steve, at least from the Kirk Cousins extension and what they guaranteed him, you know, nearly another fully guaranteed deal with the extension on Monday, is that this team still, at least the perception's out there, that they're in win-now mode. It... It's it's hard given some of the departures that we've seen, you know, the defense getting picked apart in free agency, you know, digs, whether you love the trade or you hate the trade in the haul that they got back is something you can't ignore. But I'm going to ask you the question that I've been asking everybody on air this week. 
what what mode do you think that they're in? Like realistically, I mean, what they perceive might be different from what's reality. What is reality for this team right now? Can they still be in win now mode despite all of the holes that they have and you know the ways that at least it looks like they're going to fix it through the draft? Yeah, I think they so both. You could definitely you could do both. It's just riskier, I think, the way that they're going right now, right? So from a long-term perspective, the idea of getting rid of higher-priced players for draft picks and accumulating draft picks for the long-term is the better play. Now, the risky component is if you're trying to win now, you pretty much just have to hit on the draft picks immediately. You have to have one of those 2017 Saints drafts where they bring in Ryan Ramchak and Alvin Kamara and Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Williams. They bring in four legitimate starters uh, in one draft. It doesn't have to be that good, but you have to hit you know, early uh, in the draft and hit on guys who aren't necessarily going to take two or three years to develop. So I think it can happen when you have a ton of draft capital. You can, losing stars isn't a huge deal or losing productive players isn't a huge deal in the NFL. You just need to replace them. So it just puts pressure to hit in the draft, which is never a great place to be because the best draft strategy is, yes, drafting in volume and understanding you're going to miss, you know, half of your picks and, and over time you're going to be good. So I think it just puts pressure on the short-term drafting. So I guess what you're also saying, Steve, is that signing Kirk Cousins to the extension that they signed him for, keeping him here through 2022, the cap hit this year is made more reasonable, but down the road not so much, um, that that's also risky if you're going to try to make moves to win right away and then also rebuild at the same time. If it doesn't work and you miss on some of those key draft picks, like it could be a 2015 draft where you get Kendricks and Diggs and Hunter, or it could be 2016 where you get Laquan Treadwell and Mackenzie Alexander is the best player out of that draft. So if you miss with that and you have locked yourself into Kirk Cousins, that's where you enter the potential to be Cincinnati Bengals territory where they were competitive for five or six years and then were six and seven wins after that. Yeah, right. Much better example using an actual Vikings draft. Uh, The 2015 one, much better example there. Um, So I think with Cousins, they're hedging the same way I'm kind of hedging as to what their future is, right? It's almost like, Last year, they said, hey, look, Kirk did uh, do some really nice things, right? He, you know, mm-hmm. he showed maybe he's a little bit better than we expected. Not better than we expected, but he, he lived up to what we expected. He could elevate you know, our team maybe a little bit more than we expected. So they could say, look, he could be a part of the rebuild, so to speak, and maybe we could stumble into you know, another playoff appearance and see what happens. But we also want him to be that guy in 2021 and 2022 with this new roster uh, you know, to be the guy that, you know, is carrying this thing. So they could be looking at him as more of a, he can carry us through rather than the complimentary piece. It's also just, man, the NFL's tough when you got a Kirk Cousins at quarterback trying mm-hmm. to figure out, do I, how, how much, do, how aggressive do I, do I have to be to get a guy better than him? And how risky is it to get a guy worse than him? And I think when you're sitting there in that QB purgatory ish type of spot or mid tier quarterback type of spot, teams like, you know, the Vikings or like the Titans getting Tannehill. They lock him up and say, all right, we're going to strap it up and go and see what we can do. Steve, what was your best pitch when you were a minor leaguer? Just a spotted fastball, which I didn't spot all that often. But <laughs> if I had my splitter going, yeah, it was good. Splitter, when the splitter was on, that was a good combination with the fastball. So you're like six nine. So were you like a straight over-the-top guy and it was coming like right down on people? Or were you like three-quarters? No, I was I was a low three quarters, and then at my best, you know, I'd start to go really low sidearm and stuff, mix up arm angles, and try to make life tough on righties. You can never throw a breaking ball from down there, but I could throw 
you know, low nineties with some movement from there. So, all right. Well, you got to do what you got to do to to mix things up. And if they're not banging trash yeah. cans over there for what you're throwing, you're gonna be all right. So, uh, well, always great to uh, catch up with you, Steve. I implore people to listen to the PFF NFL show. Really, really good with you and Sam Monson. Um, so uh, we'll catch up with you again soon, Steve. Thanks. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Yep, for sure. Always a great guest, Steve Palazzolo. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.